Hi, you're listening to Creatives Making Money, the podcast for creative service providers on a mission to do the work they feel called to and make excellent money while they do it. This is a show for the writers, makers, dreamers, doers, creators, artists, the crazy ones, the ones who are determined to consciously build the life and career of their dreams. Here, we don't just believe in getting your dream job. We believe in creating it. So what does creative success look like? How do we live a fully expressed, abundant life? How do we create the revenue we desire and hold space for our soul projects? That's precisely what we're here to talk about. I'm your host, Jamie Jensen, award-winning screenwriter, conversion copywriter, former agency founder and CEO, serial entrepreneur, and shameless creator. No matter where you are in your creative and financial journey, I'm here to help you create like you mean it. Welcome to today's episode of Creators Making Money. Today, I have a very special business friend, client, previous client, genius, quiz strategist, brilliant woman that I admire and respect so deeply, and I'm grateful she's here today. So Shanti Zach, (laughs) Shanti is a quiz funnel strategist, teacher, and copywriter for changemakers and brands that give a damn. She's a marketing unicorn that believes boring is the enemy, neutral is a death sentence, and real talk is the way of the future. She's created money-making quiz funnels for Jenna Kutcher, Amy Porterfield, Melissa Griffin, and heaps of other mission-driven online businesses. In her spare time, you can find her hanging out with her kiddos, doing downward dog, or binge-watching Bon Appetit videos. Learn more about Shanti on her website, shantysack.com. Hi. Hi. Thank you for that sweet intro. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to hang out with you. Likewise. (laughs) So uh, I want to just dive in with like, I like to set the scene. (laughs) with. So this is like how we met and this is how we know each other, which you and I initially connected when we worked together originally, right? Yeah. So at the time, can you just sort of, I guess, like brief everyone on like, where you were in terms of your business journey at that point. And yeah, like, yeah, let's start there. Okay. So since the topic of your podcast is creatives making money, I'm going to pull up my February income numbers from the year that we worked together. Okay. (laughs) This is crazy. I like, I made like $900 in writing and you were my very first copywriting mentor and I had only just discovered what copywriting was when I when I met you so I was writing content and all these articles that would I'd spend 10 hours writing an article on the benefits of intermittent fasting and get paid 50 bucks and I was like I'm getting paid to write words. This is the best thing ever. But of course that started to get old and I realized there's this thing called copywriting. I want to get into that. That's way more lucrative. So then you opened up your mentorship program and I was like, I need to do this, even though I was barely making any money at the time. I was a horrible I was like such a bad copywriter. I, cr- I would just cringe if I had to read anything that you were critiquing 
those years ago. It must, it's probably like five years now. So that was the very beginning of my copywriting journey. And from there, it's just been a wild roller coaster ride of ups and downs and crazy growth. And yeah, here we are. Mm-hmm. It's funny because what I remember from us working working together was like getting really narrow in terms of who you wanted to serve at the time. And I feel like in that pocket of time, um, I, I very vaguely remember us working on your copy. My recollection is not that you were a terrible copywriter, but maybe that was your experience receiving feedback, which, you know, you're not the only one who feels that way sometimes when they read my notes, but you know, I just remember your passion for like wellness and that, that, and that at that period of time, that was like a huge focus for you. It was like really zeroing in on who is the market that you want to serve and who are the entrepreneurs you want to help and who are the brands that you really care about. Um, that's like the biggest piece that stands out to me from memory. Cause like you said, it was five years ago. And I mean, you know, <laughs> the trauma of just 2020 has probably erased a lot of brain cells, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It was 50 internet years ago. We figured out. So. <laughs> yeah. But prior to this conversation, we talked about that in internet entrepreneurship, every year is like equivalent to like 10 years in normal career in terms of how it ages yeah. you and the level of evolution that's available to you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of like you know, walk me through what your next steps were. So that was sort of, you know, year one of copywriting that brought you to, to sort of like what step in terms of your business. And then like, what was the next logical step for you from there? Okay. So you helped me get to a place where I was confident that I could attract clients and make enough money that we could move to a dreamy location, which we're actually moving from here now, but we'll get there. So we moved to the coast steps away from the beach. And I was like, this is it. I'm going to be the main provider and build a badass copywriting business. Jamie gave me the skills. I can do it. So I, we moved and I think by then it was like, okay, we got this solid, like two, three grand a month. And that was enough at the time. And it was still a little bit like roller coaster revenue. And I ended up taking a full-time position with this spiritual development company as a, as a full-time copywriter, which actually was great because I got paid to learn. At that point, I was still like totally beginner and had so much to learn. I still do. But working for that company, I was writing their courses from scratch, like the whole course, all of the funnels, all of the lead magnets, all of the ads, all of the social media copy, everything. And I got to know like intimately how this all fits together. And then I created a quiz just offhand because I could pretty much do whatever I wanted to generate leads. And it was like the best thing we'd ever done. The company just, they were blown away. We got like 10,000 new leads in a month from a $500 ad spend. And the average would probably get like a thousand new subscribers every month. So it was this aha moment 
where I kind of knew I was onto something and long story short, left the company after working there for about a year. And I knew I had to try and run with this whole quiz angle and see if it worked in other industries. And I just pitched my heart out. Like I got on some podcasts and got a few more clients in different worlds and it kept working really well. And from there, it was from like these 2K months to a full-time job to 10K months to 30K to having my own course and even like building a small little agency at this point. It's pretty wild. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think has like been the biggest lesson for you from all of that? Oh my gosh. Well, I would have thought initially that quizzes were way too tiny of a niche to really focus on. I was focusing on health and wellness and everything under that umbrella when we were working together. Mm-hmm. So to go from that, which in itself is pretty niche to this like very narrow thing was really terrifying. And we were just talking about the copywriter club conference that we went to right before lockdown. Kira and Rob, who run the copywriter club, I started working with them at that point, And they were the ones who were like, it's not too niche. You need to give it a chance, even though it feels super uncomfortable, like give it a chance. So I did. And I think it was that commitment which often we have ideas and we try it for a little bit and it doesn't gain the traction that we thought and we just kind of give up and we're on to the next thing. But there's something to be said for sticking it out that little bit longer and really like pushing to see if this is actually my thing. How long do you feel like you spent in the, in the like, (laughs) after you committed to it? How long was it terrifying for you before you were like, oh no, this can work. Like this is like, you know, how many months of, did the doubt sort of creep back in? Cause I feel like that's the common thing that happens is like you get, you want to do a thing and then you say yes to it. And, and it's, I guess the question is that, and also like knowing, thinking about that, how much time would you tell someone they need to like give an idea like that? Or like mm-hmm. the zeroing in on something before they know, like if they should, try something else or throw in the towel. Yeah, it was a progressive, it was a progressive thing. So it wasn't like I was trudging along for six months getting zero traction. I was seeing like, okay, yeah, there's something here. This is kind of working. And it didn't really like explode until that six month to a year mark. So For six months, it was hella terrifying and there were so many unknowns, but I was still seeing these little micro successes. So I think that's key too. Like if you're doing something and you're not getting any positive feedback in return and you don't like it, then life's too short to force yourself to try and do it. But if you're doing something and you love it, 
and you're getting those little hits of dopamine where you're like, yeah, this feels good. I maybe I'm onto something. Even if the next day you're like back down rock bottom, (laughs) (laughs) then I think it's worth sticking it out because it does even out eventually. Although that evolution never stops. It doesn't. (laughs) It's 10 years per year. Okay. This is what we've decided. (laughs) (laughs) I also think it's important to underline um, just that like, there's often a desire when you start something to like leap out really quickly and be like, actually, no, here's all the evidence that it's not working fast enough. Um, Because there's such an expectation, I think, with the marketing messages that we receive that we're going to do the thing and it's going to have this like instant gratification result and it's going to happen so quickly and like, Mm -hmm. this is how it should go. And so then when it doesn't, you know, all of that motivation can tend to to, like seep away. So what I'm hearing is give it at least six months. If at the end of six months, there's no evidence and you're not having a good time at all, like it might be okay to, to test something else out. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can stick with that. That's a good rule of thumb. Okay. In terms of quizzes, what do you most love about them? Because you're like, you know, when you talk about it, I can feel your enthusiasm and passion for it so much. And so I'm curious to hear from you, like, what's your favorite thing about quizzes? Well, I love asking questions. So even in just an everyday situation, I'm just a very curious person. I have endless questions. And this is a way to ask questions at scale to the people who ultimately are maybe going to become your customers or your clients. So you can let your curiosity run wild and they can have a good time too, because it's this interactive process where most marketing is just, it's pretty like flat and you you take it in, but you're not necessarily part of the result. So it hooks your attention in a way that nothing else really can. And it gives you that personalized response where the the person taking the quiz is like, oh yeah, this is totally me. Like, how did you read my mind? How do you get me? And you can say all these like, beautiful, uplifting things that make people feel good about themselves. They associate those good feelings with whoever's telling them this stuff. And you can also dig into what they really need. So you can get a little bit more specific and meet them where they're at and not try to apply this one size fits all message, which no business owner wants to do that. But sometimes it seems like that's the only option. So this sort of allows you to get out of there. And then from a standpoint of just empathy and deepening your understanding around who you serve, what they're struggling with, what they really want, what their dreams are. I think it's, you're connected to that in the beginning because you're having a lot of those one-on-one conversations, but as your business grows, sometimes it's harder and you get to this place where you feel out of touch and having a quiz where you're asking these types of questions and you can look at the analytics and see, whoa, 80% of people responded this way and they're really struggling with this thing. Maybe I should talk about that more. So for the business owner, it's really powerful too. 
Yeah, I love that. Hey, if you're a copywriter looking to break the six-figure mark this year, applications for my program, Create Your Six-Figure Copywriting Business, are now open. This six-month accelerator will teach you the core foundations of my agency-style method for creative service providers so you can make the most money possible as a writer for hire. And no, you don't need to grow an agency to do it. You'll get the how-to, doable week-by-week action plan, and private coaching and mentorship from yours truly to get you there. Boost your sales game, up-level your work process, grow your client roster, and so much more. If you're curious to learn more, let's talk. I've opened up a few times in my calendar for quick chats just for this. Head to creativesmakingmoney.com slash chat to grab a time, or go ahead and apply at thejamiejensen.com slash six-figure copywriter. What do you think the biggest like myths or misconceptions about quizzes are? What do you hear from people when they're like, uh, I think maybe quiz, but I'm hesitating or I've heard X, Y, Z about quizzes. So I don't really know if it's worth it. Yeah, there's so many. So of course there's like that Buzzfeed is the most common association that we have with an online quiz, but a online quiz designed for lead generation is completely different from the type of like, what's your serial personality quiz you'd take on Buzzfeed. So there's that and trying to break that stigma of like, this is just something due to people do to waste time. It, it can be a way more powerful tool than just what you do when you're sitting around and don't want to actually work. Um, <laughs> and then there's that quizzes attract low quality leads which most of them probably do because most people just don't do it right. They are looking to Buzzfeed and those types of quizzes as the model to follow. And so they're building quizzes that people are like, oh yeah, I want to know my whatever personality, but they're not specific enough to actually be attracting their ideal client or customer. So they end up with all these low quality leads. And then most people, they don't introduce themselves or their brand in the quiz results. So even if you do get the email and you show up in someone's inbox, they're like, who is this person? And they just unsubscribe. So there's a lot of different layers to it. And I think it's really about like getting specific, going for quality over quantity and positioning it as like, I'm here to offer you a customized solution to this big thing that you struggle with, which you want to make sure connects to what you actually sell. And when you get that result, it's going to be more like the structure of a guide and not just some like two sentence blurb on like, oh, you're this personality, that's it, end of story, moving on. It's an experience and it speaks to more than just that one thing. I love that. In terms of like (laughs) what you see people doing wrong, I feel like you touched on that in terms of, well, they're just trying to make it this fun thing. What's the one thing you think they they should be doing that they're not doing? I would say being positive in the results, at least in the beginning section, 
Because often people will take the angle of, oh, I'll just create a quiz and I'll tell people like what's wrong with them or what's missing. And then the emotion when someone reads that result is like, and they're attracted to that because of course, pain is a driving force. We want to solve problems, but they get that result and it's like negatively framed. So I always tell people like, if you want the person on the other end to have this really positive and empowering experience when they read your result, try to find a positive angle. Don't focus on like, why does your relationship suck? Focus on like, how can you make it better? And what's, what's unique about, about you or your situation. So there's like some psychology things that come into play that a lot of people don't think is that relevant to a quiz, but it's a great tool to apply what we know about the human brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And that's like, that's a fun element that I'm sh- that I can tell by the way your eyes are lighting up is like probably one of your favorite pieces. <laughs> I love it. I have like a terrible goal of making people cry like happy tears but oh my god that's a terrible goal you should be so ashamed of yourself that's (laughs) terrible I want to make people cry in a good way and you can do that with this specific thing where it feels like you get them and you see them and so many of us online we don't feel seen we don't feel like really represented Everything just feels so blanket statement. So when you can get that level of specificity, it's so, so powerful for forming a connection that really lasts. Yeah. Do you have a favorite like um, quiz that you've worked on in particular over the last, you know, four or five years or however long it's been that you've been kind of more in this space, which I guess it's been like the last three to four. Yeah. There are so many that come to mind, but I do really like the Jenna Kutcher's secret sauce quiz and the feedback that she gets is really along the lines of that like happy tear effect. So I like that one if you haven't taken it. And I think it's useful for a lot of us who are like, how do I stand out? What's special about me? Gives you the answer. (laughs) (laughs) I love that in terms of um I'm just curious too like what are the different ways that you help people with quizzes at this point so you do I'm guessing there's like a teaching people how to do it themselves piece and also you know you kind of build them custom for people like how does that work yeah yeah so I have a course that walks you through how to do it yourself And then there's the whole done for you side, which is super high touch and very like in depth, at least a month to create these very crazy quizzes, but it's fun. And I'm building a team now to support the expansion of that because having the course and serving clients has been really full on for the last few years. And I know you know a thing or two about this agency. Oh yeah. I'm a little nervous. 
<laughs> I know lots about agency life and courses simultaneously. It's the name. It's it was the name of the, my game for like four and a half years. So yeah, I know all about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's a learning curve. Just being in that position of not just teaching people how to do it themselves, but teaching a team how to do it like I would do it. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at now. And there's lots of growing pains. And again, with the stick with it for whatever, six months or longer to see, is this really going to work? Can I figure it out? Cause a lot of the time it feels like I cannot figure this out. It's so much easier to just be solo, <laughs> but maybe I can. So I'm going to stick with it and see what happens. <laughs> I have, I have faith. <laughs> <laughs> I have lots of faith. I'm curious in terms of the, the work you're doing with people on quizzes, um, how much changed for you in terms of your own beliefs about quizzes and like your own ex- like advice about quizzes from let's say like right after the first quiz you built where you realized it could be a huge thing to now? Oh, tons. I mean, the one that I built, the first one was very much modeled after like the viral BuzzFeed type of quiz and it had very little context or detail. Whereas today I actually see them as part of an, a bigger ecosystem. So like this isn't, this is new and it's still fleshing out in my, in my mind, but I call it interactive empathy marketing. And it's like the quiz is just a part of that where you have a tool that allows you to understand your audience and connect with them on that personal level or more personal feeling than most lead magnets at scale. And you can use segmentation to personalize your marketing messages, do all these things. And it's just one part of this whole ecosystem where you're leading with empathy for yourself and for others. And so the goal is really understanding, which most of the time in marketing, like that's not the goal. We're so focused on sales and leads and conversions, but we don't really know how to get there. And I think quizzes are part of the ecosystem that helps you get there faster. I love that. And I love like looking at, at businesses as ecosystems in general. And so I, I like, you know, it's, I'm having, I'm struggling to ask the best question, the best follow-up question on that simply because I know exactly what you're talking about as a copywriter and strategist too. So I'm like, Oh my God, I totally get what you're saying. And I'm like, how do we, do we need to flush this up? I'm not even sure, but it's so fun. And I totally see it and it's beautiful. Um, but it is, it's like, it's that first choose your own adventure pathway where someone gets to take the best next step for themselves and then walks down the right path in your business to the solution they most need. That's exactly right for them for where they are Mm -hmm. and like what the, what the like first benchmark to success is for them, whatever that looks like. Right. So yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Whereas usually it's just the Russell Brunson style <laughs> value ladder and you just climb the value ladder and magically everyone goes through the exact same journey and like all is well, but we know that doesn't actually work. So what does? Yeah. And, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because it, it pulls up this concept of like bro marketing in general and how that is actually a single directional linear path which is mm-hmm. it's very masculine to just be like, we're linear, we're straightforward, we're doing it this way. And so that empath- that empathetic approach really is bringing in these feminine principles into marketing that, that matter at every piece of the journey. I think that we really easily overlook that fear is not the only, the only emotion that drives us to buy. It's like, not, not <laughs> the main emotion that drives us to buy. And especially when we're targeting other, when we're talking, targeting a female market, these are the things that we need to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I would almost argue based on this conversation too, and as we're diving into this, that I think quizzes are maybe even more necessary for a female market than we've than we're even thinking about too. Yeah, right. And I've never actually thought about it in like the feminine masculine dynamic, but absolutely like as women, we want to feel so seen and understood in our relationships, whether it's with like our partner or our friends or our peers in business. That's like a real deep desire. And I don't know that it's as deep with the dudes. Like, I know my hubs don't really give a fuck. (laughs) Um, So not to generalize, but I'm curious about that. Yeah, I mean, I think you and I probably have like another episode just on that maybe coming in the future, (laughs) who knows? Um, But yeah, I mean, there's a whole, there's, it's a whole, there's a whole aspect to that because there's also ways that women don't like being sold to um, that I think like as you know, you and I, I mean, I've primarily sold to a female market and I personally work with a lot of entrepreneurs who also sell to women. And so a lot of the, the strategies, the approach, the way that I sell, I mean, I have worked with, with male leaders too, but that's just something else that may be true for you. And just from the, the, you know, the clients that you mentioned, these like incredible female leaders, you know, a lot of their markets also are primarily female. So I just think about how in growing in leadership and authenticity and empathy and like those incredible values that you stand for. Um, quizzes are just such a beautiful way to continue to support women in business who are also serving women and empowering them. And I love thinking about that from the approach too of like having the results be positive. Mm-hmm. Right. We get like so torn down all the time in our culture and society can we just lift each other up and focus on what's working before digging into how we're failing or whatever you want to call it, how we can improve? Those are important things, but what's most important is that you see your teacher or mentor as someone who sees the good in you mm-hmm. and sees your potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. In the ocean assessment, this is ironic. When I take the ocean assessment, I'm basically a man. It's like, you have 
super masculine tendency. <laughs> Wait, what is the ocean assessment? Can it's, you educate uh, it's a personality that? test. Oh my God. Is it the one I haven't taken? <laughs> probably. It's the most like science-based personality test that there is. So they use it a lot in universities and there's a lot of research to back it all up, but I don't know. Personally, I'm a fan of human design and <laughs> Enneagram and the more like woo. <laughs> yeah. So wait, so you take this assessment and it tells you that you're basically a man. I'm very confused about this result. <laughs> yeah. Well, so the one that I took, it tells you where you fall on the typical spectrum of how men answer versus how women answer. Huh. So it'll say like 90% of men answer this way and you answer this way too. And the like ocean is an, as an Enneagram is that like it's, they all stand for something. So there's openness, conscientiousness, extroversion. Um, I think neuroses is the N I'm not sure what the A is, but yeah, so it gives you like a baseline of where you land on that spectrum. This is so fun. I'm like the like this is exciting. I mean, quizzes are the most fun, FYI. <laughs> Assessments are the most fun. <laughs> and learning about new ones you can take are just it's just the best. <laughs> I know. I know. And You're like, I know that's why I devoted my life to quizzes, Jamie. Thanks for let thanks for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> right? But like I feel it's research to take every single personality quiz there is. Mm -hmm. Yep. No, it's, it's, it's a business expense and you should be doing it 20 all the time. Um, circling back to, you know, marketing quizzes and if any, you know, for those listening who are like thinking about building one or starting to build one or curious about it, how does someone know that they're ready for a quiz in their business? I usually say it's not a beginner lead magnet. So if you're just starting out and you don't, you're not totally sure who you help or what you're going to sell, you would be better off starting with something simple. But if you have an offer that you know converts, that you know people want, and if you know exactly who it's for and who you serve and who you want to help, then you are all clear to create a quiz. And the more complex your business is, the more useful a quiz is. So the more offers you have, the more dynamic your market, the more helpful the quiz will be in helping you determine, okay, well, who's a fit for this product versus this one, who falls into the beginner category or the more advanced category or whatever the different markets are that you serve, it helps you to sort of organize all of that information. So as your business evolves, your quiz can evolve with it. And you can add layers of segmentation where you ask a question and it tags people in your email marketing system. And then you can send targeted messages and it becomes really powerful, but it's also a little advanced. So yeah, <laughs> don't, don't do it if you're like just getting started. <laughs> okay. Got it. So 
Okay. So basically they're ready when they have a vetted offer and they're clear on like the offer promise, the market, who they serve and all of that is like dialed in and proven. And then they can implement a quiz to sort of amplify their marketing, their, the behavior of their marketing systems and the efficacy of their marketing systems. Does that sound like we're nailing that? Okay, great. Cool. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now I would like to ask you the $5 million question. <laughs> so if you had $5 million just dropped into your lap and it's like magic money, you don't owe anyone taxes on it. You can just have it and do whatever you want with it. What do you choose to do with that money? I would probably buy land and create opportunity on that land not just for humans but also for the the planet itself so i was watching kiss the ground which is this recent documentary all about regenerative agriculture and now i'm obsessed with the idea of like buying land where the soil is depleted and bringing it back to life and creating food systems and putting like permaculture principles into place and having it be a place of that's creating wealth in a healthy way and maybe having like a little retreat house where people can escape and come and just do their creative thing and take psychedelics and go in the hot springs and yeah <laughs> I love that vision. <laughs> I think $5 million would probably suffice. Yeah, that would yeah. cover it. That would <laughs> cover it, at least for that piece of land, you know? <laughs> then you of course, could... I would invest some of it into business, supporting those who need it. But yeah, I think the land vision where we can invest in something and it can create abundance and more opportunity. Like that's my happy place. So good. So good. Thank <laughs> you for sharing all of that with us. You're incredible. Where can people find you, stalk you, grab anything you have that is available for grabs, learn more about you, get all up in your business. <laughs> you can find me on my website, shantyzack.com or Instagram at shantyzack. Those are probably the two top places. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking this time. It was an absolute pleasure and I'm so grateful to you. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Creatives Making Money. If you found value in this episode, please don't go anywhere before leaving a rating, review, and subscribing. Also, sharing how you connected with this episode really makes my day. So please, please, please tag me on Instagram at Jamie Lynn Jensen and let me know how this episode helped you. Also, our free Facebook community accepts new members every Monday. So if you're a writer entrepreneur, come join my write and make money community at creativesmakingmoney.com slash group. You can find all important links and details in this episode's show notes available at creativesmakingmoney.com. And as always, create like you mean it. <laughs>